Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Gavin Newsom is the governor of California. He might very well be the Democratic nominee for president. Why anybody would think that that's a smart move is beyond me. You really want America to be California? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. What is fascinating is that he is sending troops to the border. Need to combat the flow of drugs. Orders a 50% increase of CalGuard troops at the California-Mexico border, assisting uh, a Border Patrol with vehicle drug inspections at U.S. ports of entry. In 2022, with CalGuard, they seized over 28,000 pounds of fentanyl. Now, I am someone who believes that China providing fentanyl that's moved across the border is an act of war. I believe this about China. I believe this about Mexico. I understand that that's a very hard position uh, for some people to, to want to take, but it is what it is. It is the proactive killing of Americans. It's the proactive killing of American children. And the only response to that has to be one of force. I don't want to put dollars into stopping the flow. I want to put dollars into stopping the flow from the source. I want to crush China. And I want Mexico to pay dearly for its transgressions towards a friend, an ally, and a neighbor. I am not interested in the society where Mexico is held harmless. I believe Mexico has to be held with harm. Lessons have to be learned. You mean I have to take crap from the government in not stopping uh, China and from the cartels who control the government? Nah. No, 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 no. I'm not taking that one-two punch. I think you got to fight. Now, it's a very difficult thing what I'm discussing. And we're going to be getting into this uh, when we go into border week as we're putting it together here uh, and, and digging into policy. Digging into procedures because it is not a one-size-fits-all. It is an all-of-the-above approach that is necessary. You have to have a conversation about um, the the safety and security. You have to have a conversation about the people. You have to have a conversation about um, whether a policy involves actual physical uh, walls or involves technology. How does that get paid for? Where does that money come from? From where do we take it? Because it has to be taken. Then there's the human element, not only in terms of humanitarian about people coming across the border, many of whom have been kidnapped across the border and they are living in a holy hellscape, but the idea of what Border Patrol is dealing with. Are we catching the bad guy or are we processing women and children? What's the plan? Where do these services come from? So you have to hit multiple parts of the thing. But so we have clarity. 
it's good on Newsom to be combating the flow of fentanyl. It's good that Democrats are starting to notice that the border is a problem, which brings us to uh, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, who just the other day was telling you that New York will not survive this uh, immigrant uh, push, this migrant push. It's illegal immigrants, just for that's how I put it. But this was also him in 2021. When you think about it, uh, the days I spent uh, with our essential employees, a substantial number of them were uh, undocumented. Uh, They were delivering our Uber Eats. Uh, They were stocking our stores. They were out in the streets keeping our city running. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools. So... So we need more illegal immigrants. We need more to accept more, and we need more money to service them. And now New York City won't survive because there's 100,000 of them. This is what you asked for. This is what you got. I don't feel sorry for New Yorkers at all. The question is, what is our plan now that it's clear to more people that the border is an issue? I have got members of Congress talking about government shutdown on September 30th. All right, that's great. While you people can't figure out how to be normal and keep your business running, what are we going to do about the border? And I said this about uh, the the people of New York. I said it on TV over over the weekend. I will say it again. Uh, I'm scheduled to be on Fox uh, Sunday afternoon. I think 1 o'clock is is when I'm on. Um, I'll say it again. I can't get New Yorkers to vote for a Republican senator. But why the hell would you vote for Chuck Schumer? Schumer's done nothing about the border. Vote for another Democrat. Run somebody against him. Challenge him. With one subject. We're going to put an end to this by actually enforcing some border regulation. Force Chuck Schumer to run to the right, not to the left. Throw him out. Throw out anybody who won't do the work. Throw out Representative Ocasio-Cortez because she does not care about brown children, not one bit. She cares about photo ops at the border. She doesn't care about your future. She doesn't care about the lives of New Yorkers. She doesn't care about brown children. What the hell are you waiting for? Throw her out. I do not feel bad for you. But now that you know what Texas is going through, maybe we can all do something about this. Maybe now... California, New York, really understanding the problem? We can do something about it. That would be better. Much, much better. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, Georgia, 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 the whole day through. So as I have been discussing, there is a 
very large uh, fundraiser going on tomorrow in Brownsburg. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. To benefit the veterans uh, of foreign wars, uh, Indiana Department, uh, and to help support veterans, uh, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's taking place at Premier Arms, sponsor of, of, of the show. Uh, PremierArms.com, 3754 South Green Street. Starts at 4 p.m. The food is free. The drinks are free. There's live auction, silent auction. I will be there. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping by. I, originally, I wasn't even supposed to be in town this weekend. Wasn't even supposed to be around. And things got changed, morphed, maneuvered, and, and, and thus, uh, um, well, roll with the punches is, is what I always say. Um, but this is happening. And, and this whole conversation about veteran suicide has been going on. For a while, 22 veterans a day committing suicide. The number is 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 surreal. It it is very very surreal. And uh, uh, so uh, attending this event tomorrow, big fundraiser. It's Premier Arms 22nd anniversary, and this is everything's getting donated. Everything's getting donated to um, the Department of Indiana Veterans of Foreign Wars to help uh, with this issue with veteran suicides. Uh, Sheila Corcoran uh, is the Indiana Department Commander of the Veterans of Foreign Wars. I uh, spoke with her yesterday about uh, this this suicide rate, and is this something that has been ongoing? Uh, is this a new phenomenon, or has this always been the level of, of, of numbers when we talk about veterans? Uh, Tony, I don't believe it's a new phenomenon. I believe this has been going on quite a while. It's just we are now tracking it. You know, uh, back World War II, Korea, Vietnam, you came back, you didn't discuss it. You never discussed what was going on. And I know from my own personal upbringing with my parents, we never discussed our emotions, you know, with outside people. Whatever happened stayed inside the family. So I think just the fact that we are now discussing it uh, and getting it out there is why we're now getting these statistics. You yourself uh, served, uh, you served in Baghdad 2006 to 2008. Uh, This was Operation Iraqi Freedom. You were a civil affairs officer in charge of a civil military operations center. Uh, You retired from the Army Reserve after 24 years uh, of service. The idea that something is being talked about now is different than whether or not the issue has already existed, uh, already exists or or has been existing. Describe that issue. Describe in, in your conversations with veterans, what is it uh, that you hear? What is it, it? Maybe there's a ranking. Is there a top line issue? Is there a series of issues? What is it? Um, Tony, I think it's a series of issues. One of the things the military does for us is prepare us to go to combat. And they're really good about doing that, getting us all the proper tools and all the proper training. Then they bring you back. Now, I was in a reserve unit when I came back, and I deployed out of uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was gone from my home for about a year and a half or so, and then when I come back, we de- we out-process, and I'm back home in less than two weeks. Everybody I deployed with in my particular situation was scattered across the country. So I come back and I come home and I'm by myself. I don't have the people I just spent the last year and a half with training with. So you go from having somebody with you 24 seven to all of a sudden you're on your own. And yes, uh, the families are really great and you're, everybody's glad to be back. 
but the family doesn't know exactly what you've been through. They don't know the situations, what you might have seen. And so you lose that camaraderie. You lose that um, close-knit feeling you have with all your friends. And I think you know, the military just does not prepare us for that, for coming home. They are finally getting better. They're finally uh, uh, preparing people for discharge now. But like when I came home, like I said, I flew back into Fort Bragg and then boom, I was home in a week and a half and I didn't talk to anybody about it, you know, because I was home. Talking to Sheila Corcoran, uh, Indiana Department Commander of Veterans of Foreign Wars uh, this uh, Saturday. Uh, at 4 p.m. at Premier Arms in Brownsburg. Um, Big fundraiser. Uh, It is Premier Arms, their 22nd anniversary, and they are taking the the, the dollars to uh, benefit the Veterans of Foreign Wars, Department of Indiana, Veteran Suicide Awareness, 22 veterans a day uh, committing suicide. Benefiting veteran suicide awareness. What does that actually mean? People are gonna they're gonna buy a raffle ticket. They're gonna participate in a in a in a live auction. They're gonna participate in a silent auction. They're gonna give their money. People have sponsored this event. The money itself, where does it go? How much of the money goes there? And what is the results that you have seen when you have been able to fund these kinds of programs? Okay, so the money is being donated to the Veterans of Foreign Wars Department of Indiana. What we're doing with that money, it's going to be divided between two programs, Mission 22 and then CAV Art, Creative Art for Veterans. What the VFW does, the commander has a special project the year that they're in, and I picked those two projects. So to, to help get the word out, 100% of the money that is donated will go to these two uh, not-for-profits. Jolie and Bryce Curry with Premier Arms do a marvelous job of getting this together. They've gotten lots of donations, and then that's how the money is raised. And then we will present this money uh, later on as, as time goes on. The money will be given to us, and then we will send it out to the two organizations. Tomorrow is when this is happening, 4 p.m., Premier Arms, uh, in Brownsburg, 3754 South uh, Green Street. Come on out. The music is there. The food is free. The drinks. It's going to be a fantastic time. There are going to be some great deals, some great specials, some live auction, silent auction opportunities for you to bid and support uh, this cause. My thanks to Commander Cochran. Uh, my thanks to her, uh, Indiana Department Commander for the Veterans of Foreign Wars. And uh, I look forward to seeing you there. I'm happy to be a part of it. Love that I have... And that we have people support this show and support the station who, who do the good work. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of people doing good work. And uh, I think Premier Arms is, is, is for me, just, just wonderful. I will see you out there uh, at uh, 4 o'clock. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Always a pleasure. We have got the Dow futures that are down 17. NASDAQ futures are down uh, 16. I, I, I don't share market stuff today. I share polling. This from CNN. 
within the margin of error, no clear leader. Donald Trump, 47%. Joe Biden, 46%. They're basically in a statistical tie. But what I will note was there was not a single poll conducted by CNN during the entire 2020 cycle in which Donald Trump got a higher share of the vote than Joe Biden did. So this is a vastly different picture oh. from what we saw four years ago. That is some very interesting context and in all. It is, isn't it? Thank you, CNN. The numbers keep looking terrible for Joe Biden. The numbers encourage those who want to replace Joe Biden on the ticket to do just that. I have made an argument repeatedly. You've heard me say it. It's not that I don't think they would replace him. It's that why didn't they do it already? Why? Why hasn't it already happened? If they were going to replace him, you'd do that four months ago and you then, you know, go with reckless abandon on policy and you let somebody gain steam. You could say to me, well, you don't want to, you know, you keep your powder dry. You don't want to make things known until, until you have to. You have name ID you have to get out there. Tony, it's the Democratic Party. Then with a minute, they, they say it's somebody. Oh, greatest person who ever lived. Oh, save my puppy in a tree. Oh, just absolutely wonderful. No one's ever been better. Well, that's, that's, that's true. Yet still, you're going to replace somebody in September? In September, you're going to replace someone? That's odd. What if it's not September? You're going to do it in October? And who said that Biden wants out? And how do you get him out? Now, now uh, I, I give credit where it's due. Uh, Fingers Malloy, who hosts, uh, my co-host there on uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke, said, um, if, if Biden's as bad as we think, uh, don't tell him. How would he know? Tell him he's still running. Just make a duplicate of the Oval Office somewhere in Delaware. Sit him there. Every now and then when he's like, wait a second, where is everybody? How come I'm not doing my job? Just be like, hey, you want an ice cream cone? And I'll be like, ooh, mid-chip. And then he'll forget about everything. And he'll sleep in the Oval and he'll hang out in the Oval. And you'll you'll give him some meetings. You'll have a camera. Of course, it won't be attached to anything. Just have a light bulb going. And that's it. How will he know? If if we believe that he's, you know, as uh, lost as as he clearly is. Because America believes he's lost. Feeble, incapable. And it's not because Republicans have said so. No. The political left dominates the news scene in America, not the political right. It's because people have eyes and ears and they have gray matter and they can coalesce the vapors and they're like, hey, that guy ain't okay at all because he's not okay. I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't think he could actually fall for the fake West Wing or the fake Oval, but it is an interesting idea. Replacing him, man. I'm, I'm going to dig into this on Tony Katz today at noon. I'm, I don't know how they do it this late in the game. And the answer is, at all times, they're Democrats. They just do it. And it's so true. It is, so, it is the perfect counter-argument, guys. I hear you. They're Democrats. They just do it. Tony, what are you even, what are you even arguing about here? They're Democrats. They just do it. Done. 
They will do it like it has always been done, like you use the restroom. Oh, yeah, everybody does that. What? You never you never replaced a candidate uh, basically a year out from an election? Psh, happens all the time. Now let's talk about how evil those Republicans are. Me, I hope Biden stays. Because this Biden is weak. And the numbers and the data and your own mind tell you that it is true. They tell you it's true. And the press, if, if I could be so bold, it's going to sound weird, less believable than four years ago. I should, I should get into that too. I will get into that at noon. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. So you've got the Colts taking on the Jaguars on Sunday. Uh, You've got Automobilia going on in Carmel Saturday, which is very cool. You, of course, have the fundraiser uh, for uh, Indiana Veterans of Foreign Wars uh, to help with veteran suicides at Premier Arms in Brownsburg. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. That's 4 o'clock Saturday at Premier Arms. And PA uh, Jewelers, the food is free, the drinks are free. Um, uh, there'll be live auctions, silent auctions, ways for you to donate and and uh, help out. I'll be there. It's going to be a very, very good time. Uh, looking forward to that. And then Sunday with the Colts game, I'll be I'll be doing uh, Fox News because you know I'm I'm geeky like that. And none of it matters because producer Jonathan is getting married. Producer Jonathan right there. Bravo. Right there. I, I, I want to say for the record, it, it, I, I was invited. Uh, at the time, I believed myself to be out of town doing a speaking engagement, uh, a couple of them, and I wasn't going to be around. That got changed. Um, it was very kind uh, of the offer. He clearly did it because he was afraid for his job. He doesn't have to be. Um, uh, and, and, and so this, this is happening. He's getting married. Producer Jonathan, um, are, are, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready for this to happen. This is, see, we've been, our engagement was only six months, which doesn't sound like very long, especially compared to other people now, but six months is a long time. And I'm, I'm very ready for everything to happen. So I'm trying to think how long mine was. Hold on. April, May, June, July, August. Uh, mine was eight. Mine, mine was eight months. Yeah, I don't understand the multi-year engagements. I've never quite figured that out. Six months is, you want to do this? Yeah, we're doing this. Okay, let's, let's get it done. Now, uh, you, you are a young man. Yes. You are a young man. So like that, admittedly, like for me, I'm like, wow, that's young. But, you know, everybody is different. They, they, they know who they are and they know what they want. This is happening for Jonathan. Uh, the gifts you can still give uh, by sending your velvet hangers to uh, producer Jonathan, care of Tony Katz in the Morning News, 40 Monument Circle, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46204. He had velvet hangers on the gift registry. We noticed uh, Matt Bear mocked him. Matt Bear mocked and shamed him. I thought it was wrong. Personally. Well, you wear velvet, you don't put it on a hanger. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. Mr. Tracksuit. And, uh, and, and so they took it off the registry because Matt Bear mocked them so heavily. Uh, and, and I said, Matt, that's wrong. Shame on you. And he said, shut it, cats. And I was like, 
Damn. And so so now you could send hangers as a gift to producer Jonathan and and uh, the, the future Mrs. Jonathan. Uh, producer Jonathan, care of Tony Katz in the Morning News, 40 Monument Circle, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46204. Uh, you've got you, you, you got to be doing things tonight. You've got the rehearsal dinner on Saturday. Uh, and then, of course, the big wedding on Sunday. How many people are coming to the wedding? 180. I'm I'm sorry. What? 180 people. That's a hell of a number. Yeah, we invited 300, so I'm surprised that it's only 180. Uh, and okay. I felt bad for not going. I'm very popular. Hold, hold. <laughs> 180. Wow. Wait, you invited 300 people? Yeah. So how? So my fiance, she's born and raised here in the Indianapolis area. So because she's been here so long, she knows a lot of people. Her parents are from here as well, so they know a lot of people. And then me, I lived in three separate places growing up, and then I went away for college. And there's people kind of at each stop that, you know, I've stayed in contact with and wanted to invite them. And our venue's big enough to hold 300 people, so we were like, let's send them all out. We had 100 people in our wedding, and I regret inviting 98 of them. <laughs> is, it, is it bring your own lunch, uh, bag your own lunch, or do you have to pay for everybody at the rehearsal dinner? The- so it's it's not bring your own lunch. We're, we're covering for everybody. Okay, good. good. 180 people. That's, that's mind-boggling. That is almost the size of a New Jersey bar mitzvah. Like, like very... Very, very, very close. Is is it? Wait, is it going to be basketball teams? Because then it would be a New Jersey. Tony, Tony, it's Rob Kendall. Can I just ask a question real quick? Rob Kendall, God, I'm going. Is that you? I'm I'm going to this wedding on Sunday. And did I just hear you say there's going to be 180 people at this wedding? There's going to be 180 people. First, wait, hold on. You invited Rob Kendall. I did invite Rob Kendall. And oh, I, I've never been so glad I'm not going in my whole Cody, life. Cody, <laughs> I, I came because I thought, well, this guy doesn't know anybody here. There'll be nobody on his behalf at this wedding. I have to be here. And now you're telling me there's going to be 180 <laughs> people? Yes. I just want to say for the record, Rob Kendall's been married twice, not 180 <laughs> people total at his wedding. <laughs> Rob, it's it, it, I, I, am, I am gobsmacked. Uh, he invited 300. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What it's did, insane. What? I, I don't even want to know what that costs. I don't even know what the, want to know what that goes into putting that together. But wow, I am so excited to meet all 180 of your closest personal Come friends. Come on, man. Well, a lot of is them this are wedding my taking place but... at the Speedway? Because that's the only place I could hold <laughs> all these people. No, but that'd be awesome. I think that'd be so cool. Um, uh, look, uh, I'm wait. Who? So who is performing the wedding? My dad is. What? Yeah. So my dad's a pastor. And so we're having him do do the ceremony, and it's it's going to be cool. What your father's before? Okay, that's stranger than 180 people. <laughs> you think that's strange? I think it's it, really cool. Oh wait, if we're going to rank this thing, Rob, Matt. What stranger that 180 people are coming, or that his father is performing? Well, you know how I am with money, Tony. So I would say the 180 people because I can't imagine what that would cost. <laughs> Yeah, do the math. It's rough. And I know my family, so I don't want anybody performing at the wedding. <laughs> oh, Jonathan, we wish you the absolute best. Uh, your fiance, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. You got the weather. You got that right. Have an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, Rob Kendall, post pictures. Um, uh, 180 people. God, now I could crash and no one would even know. 180 people. <laughs>
Good Lord. Bless you, man. Thank Have a you. wonderful time.